0: Let's quickly pray. Let's stay standing. Come on, let's trust God to speak to us this position, our hearts. God, we thank you that your word is a seed that gets sown into soil, and that soil is our hearts. So right now, God, we pray that you prepare our hearts. We thank you that you can do that. You can take a heart that's hard and make it a heart of flesh. So will you do that in our hearts? Remove any barriers so that your word would go deep into it and produce a harvest in our life god we submit to you now we want to do your will we resist the devil we thank you that he has to flee Pray praise protection around us and our children we pray that in this protection god you do miracles you bring breakthrough and you'd also knock on the door of people's hearts who don't have you in their life i pray you draw them unto yourself we, uh, we are we're trusting for every bit of breakthrough in jesus name and everyone believed it said And you guys can take your seats. It's so good to be in the house. Um, And yes, like Dieter said, we want to honor you guys as a church for staying generous and allowing us to reach the next generation. Um, I just want to um, honor Sabelo, Kayla, Saki, and Jess. Come on, let's give them a big round of applause. Just... All of our leaders who, who went the extra mile, I know staff also played a role now dream teamers but but they really carried it so I want to encourage you guys to thank them if you want camp you are blessed these are the people who set up camp who went the extra mile and um, I do know of some staff members who created a bit of havoc on camp so if you want to know who they are, you can t- come to me uh, but one of their names might be c j uh, yeah, you reckon there was it was if CJ's willing to take all, um, and I know CJ was actually running our behind-the-scenes prayer ministry, he was on his knees, and I know the rest of the guys were causing havoc. Anyway, uh, but it's so good to be in the house, and for our first-time guests, please grab that voucher. Like I said, my name's Andre, we, we're so glad you could be here. And We want to connect with you, and like the guy said, your next step is growth track. For everyone, that's the first step, and we'd love to meet you. I'm going to be here on Tuesday. You can just show up at 6.30. We'd love to connect with you and see you take your next step. Um, you're going to find out about the heart of our church and then also discover your purpose. And that's a big thing for us, for, for you to get to a place where you understand um, how we see you growing in your destiny and, and then you can go, okay, this is a church that can be planted in. But but if you even get to a place where you go, well, this I actually don't see myself being planted in this church, then we would say, hey, Let's help you find a church. That's how important it is for you to be in a local church, to reach your destiny. It's not just about us. There are other great churches in our community, and, and so we, you know, that's our goal, for you to be planted in a church. So we're doing our series, Running with Giants, and uh, we had Graham this morning speak about Gideon. And I heard it was a great morning. Um, and so I know Dieter spoke last week on Esther and Abraham, hey? And so we just had a, a, a great series. And, and the main reason we're doing this is we want you to be positioning yourself and, and leaning in and going, okay, so what would a giant in the faith say to me right now? What are lessons they learned or would want to speak to me about? And um, wisdom is, is God's word applied. And so even as I preach, I'm trusting that one of the steps uh, Moses took, um, you would be able to lean in and go, okay, that's something I can apply. That's a step I can take. And, and Rick Warren says it's not the word, um, it's only the word you, you put into practice that you really believe. It's not like you can say amen to the Bible, but it's, it's only the words you practice that you actually believe in, and I want you to walk away with something that you actually put into practice, and, and, and we don't want to be people who fool ourselves where we hearers of the word but not doers of it. We actually want to walk away and do it. Um, but to give you a bit of uh, background story, a lot of you guys would know Moses. It's a famous story. Um, he was born into a season where Pharaoh, um, the leader of Egypt, had put out um, uh, this decree that all Jewish boys who were born at that time should be killed. Um, he didn't want the Jewish nation to grow, and and so um, Moses' parents hid him for a few months and to protect his life because they. They, they had a sense that there was something special on his life. They ended up putting him in a reed basket or whatever <laughs> that basket looked like. But that's in a way the picture I got as a little boy in Sunday school. And, and, and they put him on the water and he ends up floating down the stream and, he, and Pharaoh's daughter finds him. Uh, Pharaoh's daughter then takes him into the palace, and he grows up for 40 years in the palace, and God works behind the scenes. And, and one of the ladies who nurses Moses is actually his mom. She gets invited in because she sees this as a Jewish boy. And it's amazing to see that even as she protected her son and, and did this by faith, that God still let her have a part in his life and see him grow up. After 40 years, uh, Moses is walking around with this call in his life and this desire to bring change. He doesn't want to identify with the Egyptians. He always sees the Jewish nation as his nation. And he sees them in slavery and and it really gets under his skin in a way. And he sees a slave driver beating um, one of the, the, the Jewish slaves and he ends up killing this guy. Of course, he's going the wrong way about this call in his life, in the sense to bring freedom to his people. And then later on, he sees two Jewish slaves fighting and he tries to stop them. And they say, well, what are you gonna do? You're gonna kill us like you killed that slave driver. And at that point, that sense of shame must have come on him and he ends up running away. He goes to the Midian Desert. He ends up meeting a lady there. First of all, uh, meets his family. It's uh, he's the, the family the head of this family is Jethro, and this man becomes his father-in-law, and Jethro only has daughters, so uh, Moses is really the only male at that point, the senior male, After Jethro. So he he positions himself as the heir to that throne in a way, to that business. And he takes care of his father's livestock and and the business. And and he makes a comfortable life for himself in the Midian Desert. And he lives there for 40 years. But even though he spent 40 years in a palace and 40 years in a desert where he actually made himself very comfortable and made himself successful, he still um, has a call in his life. And God's faithful to. Give him another chance. And we we look at Exodus 3, 1 to 5, and then 7 and 10, and we see this experience that he has, this encounter that he has with God. A lot of you guys would know this encounter. It it goes like this. Now, Moses was tending to the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to, um, to Horab, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. Would you guys know the story, the burning bush experience, anyone? Um, So funny, a a, a while back I was walking and um, I'm talking to Leanne and out of nowhere this guy was like, hey, Andre, I'm trying to concentrate, It was actually Mark Van Plessen from Life Changes. He actually just recognized my voice. And it was the close I've come to a bush experience. Um, But anyway, um, he was trying to play a shot. He was like, please shut up, bro. You're talking so loudly. Um, I was sharing some secrets of people. now. I'm joking. Um, But but Moses would have heard this voice coming out of a bush that was on fire. And, well, sorry, he would have seen a bush that was on fire and it wasn't burning up. It says it like this. um, Moses saw that the bush was on, um, on fire, but it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see the strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him within the bush. So all of a sudden, he hears this voice. He sees this bush that's not burning up, and he hears this voice coming out of the bush, sort of like my experience, except it was a man behind the bush. Moses, he said, here I am. Um, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is the holy ground. The Lord said, I've indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've, um, I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt." Now, I can imagine what he would have felt at that moment, because he would have thought, God, I actually tried to respond to that call one day, and I ended up killing a slave driver. Um, Like, I've actually got a past connected to me trying to fulfill this internal pull to see freedom for the Jewish nation. So there's a lot of shame. Uh, He would have also thought, I know... Pharaoh, like, can I grow up in the the house? Like, this is too close to home for me. I left that 40 years ago. And of course, we even see that he brings up quite a few questions and even reasons why he's not the man. I reckon a lot of us do this. Um, we have all the reasons why we are not the people. Now, when I was um, in this church, um, I ended up going on my first camp when I was unsaved. I was actually in my trick. I was like, I must be terrible. That quiet time guy, like, you know what I mean? We, used to, we, we took our, my, uh, the exchange student from Argentina with us to camp. Now, we at least believed God was real. He didn't. So we got him to pray every time. At the, anyway, it was, it was very funny. Anyway, I'm getting distracted. Uh, but, but, but God clearly had a plan for me because I went in another camp at the end of the year, and God actually spoke to me. And then a few months later, I gave my life to God. I don't know why I'm telling you this stuff. Okay, that's why I'm telling you this stuff. Sorry, I, 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 um, the reason I'm telling you this is um, a year later, I went to a conference and Paul Van Collen then was a youth and young adults pastor, took me there and um, and, and they did an altar call for people called to ministry. And all my friends went to the front except me. I'd like, and then Paul said, I think you're supposed to be in the front. And I turned to him and said, I think you got it wrong. Like, you know, I'm not. I'm gonna send, like, I think they call. Like, and I think all of us feel like that. Even though there's a sense, we feel like we're not the people. We're not adequate. We, we haven't got what it takes. And Moses would have totally felt that way. But here's what we all have to accept, that we actually are all called to please God. Do you think you're actually called to please God? That you God actually designed you to live a life that pleases Him? Anyone in the room? Well, you know what the Bible says? It says, faith pleases God. So every season that you and I live is going to require faith, and it's going to have moments that you're going to have to step out in faith. Even though you don't feel adequate, you can point out why you're the wrong person, you are going to have to step out in faith because you're called to. I'm not talking about making up faith. I'm talking about faith that's response to God's word and to what God's a calling that God's put on the inside of you. Um, but so Moses, if you stand on the stage, he'd tell you, hey guys, I was there. I was in front of that bush and I needed to live in the faith zone and not the safe zone. See, he grew up in a palace that was very safe, got really good food, really good education. He runs away to the Midian Desert. He actually makes a life for himself. He builds a business. He's got comfort. But God still tells him, your life, I've got more for you. Well, God, if you've got more for me, what is it? I need you to leave the safe zone. I don't know if your schedule's safe right now. You don't want to interrupt it. That's why you've never joined the dream team, because it's going to interrupt your safe schedule. Um, or or God, you've never actually honored God with your finance because it's going to interrupt your budget that God's not involved in. But but God is going to call you out the safe zone into the faith zone. And he, Moses would stand here and say, guys, I'd lived 80 years in a palace and I'd built a good business for my father-in-law, but I, haven't actually, I hadn't actually experienced life. You know what I've learned? And I got taught this when I came to church. The safest place for you and I is in the will of God it's not in some street or some country and a lot of us actually put more faith in what countries and presidents and certain street addresses can give us than God but the safest place for you and I is the will of God that's the that, that community you call to that's the safest road to drive down that's the safest road for you place for your kids to go to school that's the safest place for you to get an education that's the, that's the safest place for you to go to work wherever you're called and listen here God's not made a mistake. Clearly, he's decided to bless you living in the best city in the world, Cape Town. Anyway, so you get to serve him here. Are you living in the safe zone in Cape Town or are you living in the faith zone? You know, everyone's story, every person's life story is written in risks, the ones taken and the ones avoided. And, and I've always shared with young people It's way easier to take a risk when you're young than to take one when you're old. Moses took one when he was 80. So he's speaking to all of us in the room. You must remember, the price you pay when you're young is way less than the price you pay when you're old. See, Moses, when he said yes to God, he had to go home and tell his wife and his father-in-law and all the kids, hey, this guy's (laughs) Family meeting, I've just said yes to God. Well, actually, we've all said yes to God, you know? That's why, I, and I shared this. Uh, I remember um, we were fasting and this, uh, this lady came up with the mom, this young girl, and said, I feel called cool to start this business. I said, oh, are you married? No, are you, so you're single? Yeah, um, do it now. Why? Because if you have to go without food for 40 days, you're the only one you have to tell. You're right. But if you start this business with a husband and kids and you have to tell everyone we're going without food, it's going to be way easier just telling yourself. Why don't you pay the price now? Why don't you step out, take a risk, see what happens? If you sense God's telling you to do it, go now. Because the price you'll pay now is way less than the price you'll pay later. I wanna encourage you, Moses would tell us, guys, pay now, play later. Listen, if you're in school, and it's all about play, you're making a mistake. You're gonna pay big time later. But rather, pay now, study, walk away from the party, work hard on your tests, get a part-time job, and later on, you get to play and enjoy the rewards. But if you're playing now, just dating, not studying, not getting a job, the problem is, you're only cool in school then. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and nobody wants to know you when you're a young adult or adult. See you later. You were fooled. You thought it was all about school. That's free. Been there, done it, Brew Got the stupid T-shirt. Learn from Moses. Learn from me. You've got an opportunity to grow, but it's going to require some sewing now. Pay now. You know, you know, people, you hear fam- about famous people in their deathbed, and they say, you know, I would have done two things. I would have spent more time, like a lot of things, but two things are normally on the top. spend more time with my family, taking more risks. Take, it up, take the risk. If God's speaking to you, step out. See what God is about to do. So Moses would tell us to live in the faith zone. We need to, of course, he would point out, overcome past experiences. He'd tell you, I was born in uncertainty. Uh, such uncertainty, they had to hide me for three months, put me in a basket and hope the river flowed to a decent person. Like somehow, um, I, I, was, I was a mistake in a way. Like, like you know, I, I was born in a time where I should have been killed and so my parents had to give me, like, and maybe you feel the same way. Maybe you're telling me I grew up in the wrong town, i got the wrong family, I went to the wrong school. Maybe you're saying you have the wrong surname. My surname's Grief. I give a lot of people grief. Maybe that's the wrong surname. But please stop telling me your excuse. Clearly the same hands that made Moses also made you. And if he could be born into such uncertainty and still have a call in your life, I don't really care what uncertainty you're born into. I know that God's still got a plan for you. And what I've learned is the bigger the uncertainty, the bigger the plan sometimes. I've seen bigger miracles come out of people born in uncertainty, supposing at the wrong time, into the wrong situation. God loves showing off when the world says wrong. When the world says no, never going to happen. When the world says wrong timing, God goes perfect. I'll anoint that one. So if you have any uncertainty or any past that you can bring up, God will just show you that he's got a great future for you. God will work it to your good. God will work it to the good for others as well. Isaiah 43, verse 18 needs to be your scripture. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? This, uh, there it is. I'm making a road through the desert, river in the badlands. Other scriptures say wastelands. He'd also tell us, he had to overcome the comfort of the present. And you and I have to overcome the comfort of our present. You know, a lot of people walk away from God. You know, we know famous people. You know, know Katy Perry grew up in church. She did a Christian album that didn't go anywhere. So she flies to LA. She writes, I kissed a girl and I like it. She goes viral. Next thing you know, she says, God's not real. Comfort, fame. You you know Brad Pitt? People saying, you're way too old. Why are you giving us these examples? It's all I got. He grew up in an evangelical church. There's hundreds of people in fame and comfort who deny God. Other people deny God because they can't explain why there's a good God and bad things happen. But the Bible has never said there won't be bad things. It says in this world you have trouble. It says Christians will be persecuted. You'd be killed, hard pressed. It says, but if you believe, you'll get the reward. Never has God said there won't be bad times. We're living in a world that's evil, under sin, but we're living for a good God who's overcome it. He's paid the price of sin. But you need to decide if you're gonna serve God no matter what beyond comfort, beyond the question marks. See, even if you have all the question marks, you can't take what Jesus did in the cross away from history. You can't take it out. You can't go back and take him off the cross. It is done. It is finished. He came out the grave. Witnesses saw him walk the earth. You can never deny it. You, even every time you write the date, you're acknowledging Christ in a way. The whole planet writes the date, but somehow Jesus isn't real. And I want to let you know, It's crazy. I want to let you know that that you and I need to overcome the comforts and sometimes the questions of the present. And Moses had to overcome those things because he actually brings questions to God later on. I'll show you. In his fears, he has questions. But he also had to overcome the comfort because he would built a business in that desert. He was comfortable again. And God is going to call you out of the safe comfort zone into the faith zone. He's got a plan for you. He'd also tell us, you're going to have to overcome the insecurity of the future. And this is something I believe we deal with, we've always deal with. I had to deal with massively. I could see it rise up. In my insecurity, I not only questioned myself, but I also wanted to fight for myself. In your insecurity, you'll think you're competing with other people. Somehow your calling is going to be stopped by somebody else fulfilling theirs. And your insecurity will get you to do stupid things, and you'll go home and go, "Why did I do that? Or your insecurity will keep you at the back of the auditorium, not respond to the call of God. Because you're telling everyone why you're not the right one. But God will call you again. He's faithful. He'll come to you and say, come, let's go. Of course, Moses was afraid of tomorrow. You're gonna go and free the nation. What? He says this to God in Exodus 4 verse 13, but Moses said, oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. I won't lie to you. I've had those feelings. If only somebody else said yes, because here's the thing, once I said yes, the only one who can release me from this is God. I know it sounds a bit hectic, but if you're called by God, you could only go to the next thing once he says you can. That's what I believe. God's called me here, so I'm all in. My head's not in any other space. My head's here, I believe as you do that, you position yourself to be moved way easier. if God's got something else for you, if you're all in, then he can you're a vessel you're you you're easily moved, but when you're always double minded, you'll stumble through life, foot in one your call and foot in a potential, supposedly other opportunity so so He says, who am I that I should go? These are questions he has. What shall I say to them? But suppose they'll not believe me, but I'm slower of speech. You know, even when you're 80 and you've known God, doubts will still arise in your life. You need to realize that. Don't you let your faith drop because a doubt tries to rise up. Doubts will come. We're human beings. Luke 24 verse 38 says, um, Jesus says to them, why are you troubled and why, you, why do doubts rise in your minds? This is Jesus speaking to disciples who live with Him and seen them to do miracles. I'll let you know, doubts will come knocking on your door. They might be dormant right now, but they'll come. But you need to decide what's gonna rise in your life. Will faith rise? Or doubt trust because here's the thing whatever you feed grows. And doubts will come. But that's why we had the word. So yes, deal with doubts. So Moses would tell you, listen, here, after that burning bush experience, I'm moved into my destiny. So he tell us. We do not naturally leave the safe zone, but we move there supernaturally. It's gonna require an encounter with God. You have to position yourself. I remember, and I told you guys, sitting at the back, sensing God has more, Paul Van walks across, I think God has more. I go home and I position myself how? I opened up my word. I positioned myself. And God told me exactly what I was supposed to do. And that one move changed my whole life. It was, it happened at 197 Athens Road in my bedroom. I felt like God spoke to me orderly. I like my like, did I just did I just read that? And I knew God said, do this. I phoned Paul, I said, I think I'm supposed to do this. Paul said, you know, funny, I actually had that same sense, but I needed you to hear it from God first. Because now he knew it was my commitment between me and God. And Moses would tell us, you need to do that. That's why gang, on camp, those are moments where you position yourself. That's why coming to church and worship or having a quiet time, those are key moments. You can overlook it, what's the big deal? They are supernatural moments. Today can be the day. You could be walking in a desert and tomorrow you could be walking in the promised land. You could be Joseph in a prison, the next day you're governor. It just takes a moment, but, but where are those moments? They happen in your room, as you go walk on the beach, in traffic, you just need a moment with God. Position yourself. Tomorrow could be the day. The crazy thing is, even if God never speaks to me like that again, the opportunity to spend time with Him is tops it. And so Moses, it says, Exodus thirty-three, verse eleven, the Lord speaks. Uh, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. In fact, like that's the story of His life after that—burning bush, face to face, in a way. Then the Lord would speak to Him, and so He would tell you that whatever starts with God needs to be sustained by God. And as Philippians 1 verse 6 says, whatever God starts, He's faithful to finish. So position yourself. Let God speak to you and let Him sustain you. Jesus at the center. It's a big value for us. Now, number one value, that the best gift we give to our world is relationship with Jesus. Best gift you give to your marriage, your children, your workplace is actually relationship with Jesus. Because Moses would tell you growth begins as you leave the the safe zone. You need to move. Mark 2, verse 22, no one pours new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. As you move, you position yourself for something new. Some of you guys know this, but I tore my kiddies tendon twice last year over a three-month period. I'm a sucker for punishment. First time I was a soccer field, I, 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 like when you tear your kids in hand, you actually think something kicked you, it pops. And the, the first time my leg went numb, the second time I actually tore it at the bottom where all your nerves, where you feel everything. Luckily I was in the sea pushing my door in a wave, so I just on my face, just, I just got a wet face, I'm not crying. So what I've had to do is I've had to do box jumps. I've had to uh, get the elasticity back because once you have the op, it's like they put like a stick in your leg. There's no movement. There's no elasticity. And it's, it's like an old wineskin that has no movement. But uh, since I've been box jumping and doing movements and I started running this week. So since I've been doing that, I can feel, i actually feel, I don't actually think about it anymore. There's elasticity there. I can feel it. I can jump. I can spring. I'm ready for something new. I ran to a guy this week. It's So funny. I ran to one guy. said, "Hey, you've got the same thing as me." And he's, like, I was like, "Oh, you're so tall. You can sit." So he says, "No, my legs always be like this." I'm like, "Get away, bro. I will tore my contender, bro. We're not in the same circle." Anyway. Then I actually saw another guy. I was like, "Hey, bro, you're so? He's like, "Yo, I tore mine twice." I'm like, "God, five. Anyway, he, I said, "Are you training?" He said, "No, I don't know. Taught it rugby." And then, funny enough, he also tore it in the water, and um, and so. I said, sorry, I always feel like it could go again. So I'm like, seriously, so you're doing no movement, nothing. It's been two years. Is maybe that where your faith is? You got hurt somewhere at a church or something, and now all of a sudden, no more movement, no more new wine? God's calling you, but you stop moving. New wine requires some elasticity some movement, do yourself a favor, move. Or maybe you've actually got a new tune in your life. You know, Job, after he went through a hard time, he says this, my, my life is tuned to mourning and my pipe to the sound of wailing. Maybe you've been so hurt that that's your tune now, that's how tightly you're strung. My life sucks, everything's always not gonna work out. Have you seen the economy, our country? It says the will of the God is to be grateful in all circumstances. God's enthroned in the praise of his people. Maybe you need to retune what you're playing. Moses needs to retune. So quickly, live by faith and recognize that God is already at work in you. The same hands that made Moses made you. Please recognize that. Whenever you feel overwhelmed or you can't, remind yourself, the same hands that made Esther made me, the same hands that made Moses, the same hands that made David, the same hands that made all the heroes in the faith also made me. And God said, when he made me, he made me wonderfully and skillfully. He saw every day ahead for me. Clearly, God's got a call in your life. God's always been involved in your life. Number two, to live by faith, refused to be defined by anything but God. That's what Moses did. It's amazing. By faith, Moses, when he'd grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a short time. He regarded a disgrace for the sake of Christ as a great... um, um, for the sake of Christ is a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt uh, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. His eyes are on heaven. You know, another way to read it is don't let what's happening in this life define you. Always, once you've heard the verdict from the planet, Add, but God. Yeah, but you were you would pushed down a river in a basket. Yeah, but God, eh? He knew exactly what He was doing. But you ran away from the palace. Yeah, but God, I learned lessons in the desert. Yeah, yeah, but but you walked away from your corner. Yeah, But God. You know when people speak death over our nation, you just add, oh, but God is about to do a miracle because he gets the greatest glory when he does miracles in what seems like the, it's impossible. You and I need to add, but God into our situation. And lastly, to live by faith impacts others around us. In you know, Moses, Hebrews 11 verse 28 says, by faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel by faith, People passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. and when, uh, But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. Of course, he put the blood in the doorpost. The angel of death went over. And and you'll be blown away by what God does as you live by faith. I remember working in sales and marketing. I, I was 19, 20, youngest guy on staff. It was quite a wild environment, but we, we created a bit of a community as well. We'd bring coffee, donuts, like, you know, I did my turn. But I would just lean in, listen in. I wouldn't like come in to judge people. I just listen. And when nobody was, when the, everyone's walking to the offices, I say, hey bro, I heard that. Let's see, I'm gonna pray for you. Oh, really? Oh, cheers. Next day I see them next day or two. I say, how's that going? Well, actually it's getting better. Like, and then maybe later, they, Yeah, yeah, it happened it was thanks for praying you got more space in your prayer list (laughs) i remember we were doing worship albums and one of the guys found out he said bring us to the office play it so i'm playing my worship album we're recording and all these others are like you know all manos and all the guys and girls and it was quite a big um staff and they, all, like, they don't want to say, it. it's like, you know, that's really good worship. They're like So they'd rather square and say, it's like really good worship. Like, you know, uh, that's really good music, bro. But then when they all leave and they, nobody's there, they, hey, yeah, that's a great album, man. Like, I said, like, can you pray for this? And so I remember this one Muslim lady said, I love the worship. So I said, well, do you want me to get you some more albums? Yeah. So I started, when I got an album, I'd pass it on to her. You know, months later, she knocked on my door, but nobody was there. I'll let you know, I gave my life to Jesus. You, you don't realize what your faith can do. In that office space, a lot of people's marriages were falling apart. Oh, it was crazy. What went on then, this one guy comes to me. I remember, now, I'm the youngest guy on the team. He says, listen, I'll let you, like, I know you pray, and you go to church, but my marriage is falling apart. I don't know what to do. So I said to to him, listen, I know I'm not married or anything, but clearly almost everyone in this team, when they start working in their marriages, struggle. Here's my advice to you. Get out of this office. Go find another job in faith and save your marriage. I actually never saw him after that day. He clearly took that advice. So how crazy is this? Now I end up being called to do a year to serve. I sense God and I'm doing it. Two years later, I'm playing touch rope at Big Bay. And I hear, Andre. So I stopped and I go over to him. It's this guy. He say, hey, remember that time we prayed. Like, you know, you prayed for me. You gave me advice. So say, yeah. he says, you know, I left that job and I found another job. And my marriage is flourishing, and we're in a church now. You You and I can make a massive difference just by living out our faith. Simple rule, prayer equals care. You don't have to shove it down people's throats. You have to tell people to stop swearing. Hey, bro, you just stop doing that in front of me, please. Like, like, We're not here to win arguments. We're here to win people. Just pray for them, love them. Yeah. See what God does in their life. Because I promise you, they'll remember that you cared. And it's the grace of God and the love of God that draws people to repentance. And so don't miss the opportunity. You guys wanna quickly stand? Let's just quickly sing, and we're gonna pray. So come on, maybe you have things in your past that you're gonna have to just lay at Jesus' feet and say, that's no longer gonna hold me back. Jesus, you'll maybe reveal something in my past to heal it but only the enemy reminds me of it continuously. And I'm going to lay that down. That's not defining me. I've got a future in Christ. Maybe there's comforts that have stopped you from getting stepping into destiny and you want to lay that at his feet. Just do that right now. Scripture says, cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. And then maybe it's fear. You feel inadequate. You have questions, but it's never been about your questions because God answers Abraham, says, tell them, I am sent you. I am more than enough. I'm all-powerful, I'm all-knowing, and come to God and let Him um, lift you up. Cast your cares upon Him. See, if you're in this place, and even as I've spoken, you've just sensed God knocking on the door of your heart. Scripture actually says He does that. He knocks on the door of your heart. He's doing that because He's saying, I want to come into your heart. I want to love you. I want to forgive you of your sins. I want you to receive the free gift of salvation. And I want to be the Lord of your life. Our loving Father wants to live in our hearts. He wants to have a close relationship with us. And maybe you're sensing that God's knocking on the door of your heart and you've never asked Him to come in, never asked Him to be your Savior. I want to give you that opportunity right now to receive the forgiveness He's offering you. The Bible says as you confess that He's the Lord, as you confess your sins, He'll forgive you of your sins. As we call in His name, He will save us. If that's you and you need to come to Him tonight, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. With every eye closed, I respect for people who, who want me to lead them in that prayer. Just quite quickly pop your hand up. I'm going to count this. You Just say, that's me. God's knocking the door of my heart. I want to receive Him. One, two, three. That's you. Awesome. Anyone else? Just pop your hand up. saying, I want to receive him as my Savior. Awesome. Awesome. Anyone else? Just pop your hand up saying, that's me. Just pop it up. You know, God's knocking on the door of your hearts. He, he's actually uh, speaking to you right now. Awesome. Anyone else? Just pop your hand up. Don't want you to miss this opportunity to receive Jesus as your Savior. Okay, let's quickly pray as a church. Come, let's pray as a church family. Jesus I confess tonight that you are the Son of God. I believe in my heart, I in my heart. that God raised you from the dead. From the dead. Because, of because of this confession and this belief, the Bible says that I'm saved, that I'm changed, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give him praise in this place. Just um, we encourage everyone. Um, who's just given their life. We also do have a prayer room. Adi's gonna open that door. If you would like to receive prayer, or you gave your life to God, or if you'd like to sit with any one of our counselors, prayer counselors, salvation counselors, you can go through that door, we've got a room over there. Um, So if you just want to pray, you didn't even put your hand up, you can go there as well. If you want us to pray for you this week, you can fill out this prayer card. If it's a personal prayer request, you don't have to put your name down, just a prayer request. But why don't you do that? Then um, we'd love for you to meet you at Growth Track this Tuesday at 6.30. Please join us. Remember, all new people, you can grab your first free cappuccino in the red banner as you go out the doors. Have an awesome Sunday. God bless you guys.